1: Job chapter 10, verse 13 says, But you have hidden these things in your heart. I know that this is with you. Job knew there must be a reason why God was allowing him to suffer so much, but he didn't know what God's purpose was. Job was frustrated, but we don't have to be. God has shown us the answer. This is Matt Miller with Ed Marks, and the title of today's Life Study number 10 is God's Answer to Job. Ed, thanks for taking the time to get into God's Answer to Job with me today.
2: Well, Matt, I'm glad to be here with you for this program, Matt, because this particular life study is very special to me. I feel that the revelation released in this particular life study training was absolutely remarkable. When I was a senior in college, I took a course in Old Testament studies, and my final exam was on the book of Job. And, of course, the book of Job presents a question. There's a great question in Job, and uh, Job passed through all this suffering. And so there's a question in all men, you know, why am I going through all this? What's the purpose of suffering? And so the question in Job is, what is the purpose of God in his creating of man? And what is the purpose of God in his dealing with his chosen ones? Because even as believers, we pass through a lot of things. And so what's the reason for for this? So you read this remarkable verse, which really opens up the whole book of Job. In Job chapter 10, he says to God, this is in verse 2, Matt, at the end, he said, Make known to me why you contend with me. He didn't know why he was passing through all the suffering, why God allowed this. And then he said to God, he said, you have these things hidden in your heart. I know that this is with you. In other words, Job knew that something was hidden in God's heart concerning him and him passing through all these sufferings, but he didn't know what it was. Well, when we come to the New Testament, we have the answer. Something is hidden in God's heart. And we will see that what is hidden in God's heart is seen in Ephesians 3, 9. And I would just like to read this verse to our listeners. Paul said that his burden was to enlighten all that they might see what the economy of the mystery is, which throughout the ages has been hidden in God. So what is hidden in God's heart concerning us is his economy. And we will talk about what God's economy is, what this word economy means. And this is really his heart's desire. For man. So we will see this on this program. And I I just pray that our listeners, through our fellowship, Matt, and Brother Lee speaking, would see and enter into what is hidden in God's heart for them and for all of mankind. And what is hidden in his heart is his economy, his eternal plan, and we will see what that is on this program.
1: Well, Ed, even though we're covering the life study of Job, it seems like we're really covering the epistles of Paul who the revelation was really made known to. What was hidden in God's heart was what was made known to Paul and what we're fully seeing today in God's economy, in God's New Testament economy. Let's go to Witness Lee for the eighth radio program that we've done on the Life Study of Job, which was originally spoken by him in December 1992.
3: To answer the question of the book of Job, needs the entire Bible. Just by one book, you can't do it. Yet, if you read the Old Testament from Genesis 1 to Malachi 4, you could see what is left there, just a promise of one is coming. But that is not the end of the Bible. That's just the first part of the Bible. Then you go on from the first part to the second part. In the first page of the second part, you see God's incarnation. The very God who was eternity, who created the heavens and the earth and billions of items, and who did so many things with humankind. That God, all of a sudden, in the beginning of the second part of the Bible, he came. He was the promised one. Dear saints, you know, I have to see before the incarnation, God was God in his eternity, right? And man was man in man's time. Right? The two never came together and become one entity. But now, all of a sudden, God came to bring himself into humanity, making divinity one with humanity to become one entity, even to become one person. Just one person by the name Jesus Christ. And this is marvelous. In the universe, there is such a thing. a thing. Man... And God, God and man, they two became one Amen. by the name of Jesus. Well, he was living there, that was wonderful. Well he was working there, that was wonderful. Well he was ministering there, that was more wonderful.
1: Edward we're talking about God's answer to Job, and witness Lee is talking about a wonderful person by the name of Jesus. It seems contradictory, but really,
2: this is God's economy, isn't it? It is, Matt. And I would like to come back to this great question in Job with the great answer. I love these thoughts, the great question and the great answer. Again, the great question among all mankind is, what is my purpose? Why did God create me? And secondly, why, even as a chosen one of God, is in God's dealing with me, I'm going through all these sufferings. You see, here was Job, a perfect man. He was righteous. He was upright. He was a good man. He was even a godly man outwardly. But he passed through all of these things. And, Matt, as we pointed out, Job said, I know that something's hidden in your heart. Well, what is hidden in God's heart in Ephesians 3.9 is God's economy. That's what's hidden in God's heart for us. Now, I would like our listeners to realize what God's economy is. This Greek word is oikonomia. It's where we get the word economy. But in the Scriptures, economy, when this word is used in the New Testament, it's not talking about dollars and cents. What it's talking about is that is that God's economy is two words. Composes Greek word oikos means house, nomos means administration or law or arrangement. So God's economy is his household administration, his administrative arrangement. We can say his economy is his eternal plan to dispense himself with all of his unsearchable riches into man. So God in Christ as the spirit, his desire is to dispense himself with all the riches of his person, all the riches of his accomplishments, all the riches of his achievements, his obtainments, all of his unsearchable riches, as Paul talks about in Ephesians 3.8. He wants to dispense those riches into us so that we are filled with him in our spirit, soul, and body. We're mingled with him. We're united with him. We're incorporated with him, and eventually by that dispensing— We are built up to be the organic body of Christ. We're prepared to be the bride of Christ, the wife of Christ, which is the new Jerusalem, and we're saturated with him, we're soaked with him, we're mingled with him, and we express him in the universe with all of his riches and all of his glory as his bride, as his wife, which is the new Jerusalem. That is God's economy. Now, Matt, how does that apply to what we just heard about This answer to Job begins in the New Testament. And what we have in the New Testament is God becoming a man. Jesus Christ is the God-man. This is what God's desire is. His desire is not to have a good man, but to have a God-man. Job was a good man. You see, you can be a good man. Even Adam, when Adam was created, he was a good man. But God put Adam before the tree of life. Because his desire was that Adam wouldn't be merely a good man, a perfect man, but that he would receive God as life, and God would come into him, and he would become a man who is filled with God, living God and expressing God. That is a God-man. So the answer to Job begins with Jesus. He is the unique God-man. But this God-man wants to dispense himself into us. So uh, he passes through a lot of processes. He, he goes through incarnation, human living, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. In resurrection, he becomes the life-giving spirit. In his ascension, he pours out the spirit so that he can dispense himself into us. So, Matt, just in the way of conclusion, here we are, we're passing through all of these sufferings. And why? It's because it has nothing to do with whether we're good or bad. The point is, is we are short of God. You and I, our listeners, if we're really honest, we realize, I need to gain more of God today. I am short of God. How much of God is in me? So every day, we need God to increase within us. We need Christ to grow in us. And so we pass through all of these things. When you pass through sufferings, what happens is your natural man gets torn down. And that's what the Lord does through all the things we pass through. He tears down every aspect of our natural being because he wants to rebuild us and remodel us with himself in his divine trinity. And then we're rebuilt with him, we're restructured with him, we're transformed with him, and then we express him. And this is what happened to Job. By the end of Job, he sees God, and he becomes not a good man, but a God-man who is transformed and filled with the riches of God so that he can express God. That is what is going on with us in our lives, and that is God's heart's desire.
1: Well, Ed, I think anyone who's listening right now who's going through any kind of suffering, I really hope that they would have the realization that God wants to gain something in them through this experience, which is eternal and resulting in the building up of the new Jerusalem. What a releasing, revealing vision that we're talking about here today from the book of Job. Ed, before we go to the conclusion of today's life study with Witness Lee, and he's going to give a good conclusion of these 10 main items of God's economy, could you just say a short word about this great question? I know you've talked about it already, but the answer to this great question, what is the purpose of God in creating man, and what is the purpose of God in dealing with his chosen people?
2: Again, Matt, we have to realize that God's purpose in creating man— His purpose in everything we go through is he wants to work himself into us. He wants to dispense himself into our being. Firstly, he dispenses himself into our spirit, and then he wants to spread from our spirit and make home in our heart. He wants to make home in our mind, in our will, in our emotion, in our conscience. Eventually, his desire is to transform our inward parts, our mind, our soul with himself, and eventually glorify our body so that we filled with him and we express him. So, Matt, in our experience, we need to be transferred out of the realm of just trying to be ethical. What we have to be is what Paul said. Paul said, To me, to live is Christ. And my aspiration is to magnify Christ. And then Paul said in Philippians, He wanted to gain Christ. You see, every day, even right now, you might be driving in your car. Maybe you're in your kitchen, your office, wherever you are. You should have a prayer. Lord, I pray that I would gain you today. I want to gain you right now. I open my whole being to you. Fill me with the Spirit. Gain more ground in me. I want to lay hold of you so that you can lay hold of my inward being. I like to pray what Paul prayed in Ephesians 3. Father, strengthen me with power through your spirit into the inner man so that Christ can make his home in my entire heart and so that I could be filled unto all the fullness of God. That is God's purpose. So see, Matt, in Romans 8, if you look at verses 28 through 29, uh, Paul says there, all things work together for good. And that's a famous verse, and many Christians like to quote that. But we need to realize what the good there is. He says, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Then the next verse speaks of God's desire to conform us to the image of Christ as the firstborn Son of God. That is what the good is. The good isn't that, you know, we'll get a good job or a good car. The good is is that we would gain more of Christ that we would gain more of God, and that we would be transformed and conformed to his image. So God uses all persons, all matters, all things, all the things we pass through. So if we're going through something, we realize, I need God. I need the Lord. Lord Jesus, I need you right now. I can't make it without you. I open my whole being up to you. Gain more ground in me today. Grow in me. And let me gain more of you so that you can live through me, and I can express you, and I can be built up together with others to be your organic body for your corporate expression. That is God's purpose. So whatever we're passing through, we need to call on the Lord. We need to say, Lord Jesus, I love you. We need to spend time with Him in the morning in His Word so that He can grow in us, He can gain us, and through all the heat and pressure we're, we're going through, we can be transformed into precious stones for His building.
1: Well, Ed, that's a new light on Romans eight twenty eight and 29 in the light of the life study of Job. Let's go back to Witness Lee for more on this great answer to Job.
3: The entire New Testament is a long answer from God. The answer is mainly to Job.
0: <laughs>
3: this is God's answer to Job. Why God created man? Job, read this. Why God dealt with you, not judging you, not punishing you, but just a little stripping, and a little consuming and a little tear down. Just little, compared with another man, Paul. Yours is much light. Joe, the answers here. What the answer says? Number one, incarnation. Two, Christ human living. Three, Christ crucifixion. Four, Christ resurrection. Five, Christ's ascension. In his ascension he proud himself as the consummated Triune God and as the all-inclusive spirit upon his members to constitute all of them into one organic body, to be the organism of the Triune God, processed and consummated. And this is the church as the new man and as the body of Christ and as the organism of the triune God. And this entity, the church, the body, will consummate in the new Jerusalem. I tell you, dear saints, these are the main items of this long answer. Incarnation, human living crucifixion, resurrection, ascension. The church as the new man, as the body of Christ, and the organism of the triune God consummating in the New Jerusalem. Just ten items.
1: Ed Witness Lee said this is just ten items, but this is
2: the whole Bible, isn't it? It is, Matt, and It's just so marvelous. God's answer to Job is God's answer to the whole human race as to what his purpose is. What is his purpose? Again, his purpose is to dispense himself into you, into me, and into every man. That's why he said, I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. He wants to dispense himself as life into man, and he wants to grow in man so that man would be filled with his life in an abundant way to express him as the God of life to the whole universe. And this answer involves these 10 major items. These 10 major items can be divided into two sections. First thing, for God to dispense himself into us, he went through a process And then once he comes into us, he takes us through a process. Now, what is his process? Well, his process is comprised of five major steps. He became a man. That's incarnation. He passed through human living. He went through a marvelous, all-inclusive death where he destroyed every negative thing in the universe. He entered into an all-surpassing resurrection and 1 Corinthians 15, 45, says that in resurrection, as the last Adam, he became a life-giving spirit. Life-giving. Life-giving spirit. That is his purpose, Matt. That is very good. His purpose is to give life, to dispense himself as life into man. Then in ascension, he entered into his heavenly status and position as the Lord of all and as the Christ to carry out God's commission. He poured out the Spirit on his body. And now, as a result of his dispensing himself into us, we become the church. And what is the church? The church is the organic body of Christ. The church is the new man. In other words, there is a new man now in the universe. What is this new man? This new man is a God-man, a corporate God-man. Because this unique God-man has been dispensed into us, now God lives in us. And we are a corporate God-man, the new man expressing Him. This doesn't mean that we have anything to do with His Godhead. Of course not. We're not objects of worship, but we are the sons of God. We have His life. We have His nature. Not only are we the new man, we're the organism of the triune God, just like in John 15. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. That's an organism. We're united to Him. We're joined to Him. Finally, consummately, we become the new Jerusalem, and the new Jerusalem is not something In the physical realm, the new Jerusalem is the bride of Christ, the wife of the Lamb. We will become the new Jerusalem. We will be fully filled with God, saturated with God, mingled with God, united with God, and incorporated with God to express God to the whole universe. And now, Matt, what should we do in light of this program? We need to say, Lord, I consecrate myself to you to gain you every day. I pray every day I would gain more of you. This is why we like to get in the Word first thing in the morning. This is why we call on His name. This is why we pray. This is why we're having this fellowship on the radio. Is because we want to gain God. We want to gain Christ so that we can express Him and we we can become His bride, the New Jerusalem. This is the purpose of the entire universe. I want to encourage all of our listeners to get the printed message. Because it's absolutely remarkable. I tell you, I have to testify personally, this particular training changed my life. And I believe it can be a life-changing vision. Uh, that will affect our listeners' Christian life if they if they get into this.
1: Yeah, I can't help but think of uh, Colossians two nineteen, where it talked about described the body of Christ as growing with the growth of God. I think that's what we're talking about today. Is Christ wants to grow in us, and I hope the listeners would take up your offer to to get the uh, printed messages. I'm going to give that number here in a minute. But thanks for coming into the studio today.
2: It's a real privilege, Matt. I hope I can be back because this is one of my favorite trainings that Brother Lee took us through in his life study training.
1: Well, you're going on a trip here tomorrow for a, a week or two, and I hope when you get back, we can get you back in the studio. Appreciate you coming in today, Ed. And we thank you also for listening. To get the printed messages, we urge you to do it. It's You can call us at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788, or write to Living Stream Ministry. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or just send an email to radio at lsm.org. On behalf of Ed Marks, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today.
0: Testament is a marvelous and clear revelation of God's purpose and plan. In 1984, Witness Lee spoke a series of 51 messages based on God's New Testament economy, which is his plan to dispense himself into his chosen, redeemed, and regenerated people as their life and everything to produce the body of Christ, which is his corporate expression as golden lampstands in this age and ultimately as the New Jerusalem for Eternity. These messages have been printed in the book, God's New Testament Economy. God's New Testament Economy by Witness Lee from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788. That number again is 1-888-543-3788. Call today.